Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. This is my first time trying this on my new computer, so I don't know if OBS will be officially correct. I did test it out a few times to see if it sounds good. It does sound good to me, but hopefully it sounds good to you guys. Anyway, so I decided to do another series. Um, God's kind of been putting in my heart a little bit about some of the things I do hear guys say once in a while, or even hear what women say. It's not necessarily just the guys that say it, but I will say that it is a battlefield that we as men do struggle with. And I'm calling it the battlefield of gods and plural gods, because it's very similar. If you guys have not read the book, you should, but it's Gods at War by Pastor Kyle. Um, you remember his name? Edelman? I think it's I think it's how you say it. Edelman? Edelman. Remember, starts with I. Because there's another, there's another pastor or guy I know that's Edelman. But it's Edelman. And I really do... I, I share that book to a lot of guys, especially if they're struggling with sin issues. Um, it definitely has a lot of insight that a lot of guys struggle with. And mostly it is more about idol, but idols can also be a very interesting subject to talk about too, because a lot of times when we think about idols, we always think about, you know, the Bible understanding of idols, but that's not necessarily true. So anyways, the ideas of conversation were going to be like sexual sins, anger, idols, pride, and etc. I haven't really decided on everything, but I will say the two that I really feel feel strong about is sexual sins and idols. Now I will clarify that the this this conversation today may be something that unless if you're letting your kids listen to this, they probably shouldn't, because if you haven't had the discussion for one and two, um, it may be a little bit too much for for them because they may not be there. Um, or not, not in the sense of being there, but like experienced it quite yet. And so I do encourage, you know, make sure 18 plus with this conversation, because I mean, it's not going to be explicit, but it, it's a conversation that I think parents should be having with their boys, not necessarily listening to someone else talk about it, unless, you know, you really think this could be something good for them. So anyway, today we're actually going to be talking about sexual sin. Now, this subject is a very interesting subject because a lot of times, guys, when we talk about it, we kind of try to hide it. It's like, oh, no, yeah, I don't really deal with that. But the truth is, all guys do. I do think that a lot of times we try to hide it because it's a vulnerability. It's a pride issue. And I think we're ashamed. Now in scripture, and if we go to 1 Corinthians 6, you go to verse 18 through 20, it says, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. I want you to think about that verse. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So who is in you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. See, the understanding of this verse is that when we do sexual sins, we're not just hurting us, we're hurting God. Because remember, when we accepted Christ as our Savior, we were bought with a price. So now the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and so now 
we're hurting God's body. But technically, in my mind, I think about because we're created in his image, any form of sin is an attack on God's creation. So basically, this is not just talking about the act of doing stuff, because we do know that a lot of times our battle, especially as guys, is in our mind and our heart, right? Now we go back to talking about like the armor of God. We mentioned the helm and the breastplate. We talked about how there's a battle between those two where they interact and affect each other, right? So the idea is that with sexual sin, I, a lot of times like what I would hear guys say is like, yeah, it's a battle that men have in their heads. But I will be honest, I also think it's a battle of the heart. You see, there's a connection between the two things. Um, I do feel that a major part of where this comes from comes from our childhood upbringing or the peers that we are around, the men that, that were around us, giving us this expectation of how we should look at women, how we should imagine women to be. And instead of seeing godly forms of this, we, we've turned women into an idolization. And the thing is, this is even towards women. Women have the same issues. They have the same battles that they go through in reverse. But this is more towards men. So the idea is that we have created this expectation of what women is, what sex is, what marriage is, and what desires are. And so in our culture, we have engraved this image into our hearts, which then starts affecting the way our minds think. And we sit here and we think to ourselves, yeah, so you know, I have my, you know, my thoughts of what I think a perfect woman would be. But then the question has to come, if you're married, how do you treat your wife then? Because if you've engraved this in your heart for such a long time of what you think women are supposed to be like, how women are supposed to act, what women are supposed to look like, don't you think that affects how your wife feels about herself or even how she thinks of you? And even if you're dating, it's the same concept. You know, a lot of times, got us guys, you know, you got to remember, you do have that image. Some guys, you know, they do find a woman who, like, fits the image that they were hoping for. But then they also lose out on a person who loves God because they wanted that look more than a partner in Christ. And then some guys are blessed with a girl who's beautiful in the way that in, in what they wanted, but also has a good heart. But even in those situations doesn't mean marriage is perfect. It doesn't mean the dating relationship is perfect. You see that sin, that sinful sexual desire that we've had growing up and being embraced by boys on a daily basis has been influencing how men think and feel to any woman. It also it creates a struggle within the mind and heart that we know if you've been brought up as a boy and going through the whole process of life, you know that if you had good parents, they tried their best to guard you. But you know, when you went to school, it was a different world and different things were coming at you. Your peers, the boys, the, the other guys you're around, some of them were not brought up in a Christian family and were not brought up with the idea of respecting women at all, let alone their bodies. And you know how disgusting guys can get. And if you played any form of video game, you definitely know how disgusting guys can get. 
or gals. Because I've heard it from both sides. So the truth is, guys, even if you think you were raised up appropriately, you still had that battlefield going around around you. And a lot of times choices had to be made. A lot of times these battles begin because of the expectations of our heart and mind were not met in reality. And we do know that pornography is probably one of the most major things that gets involved in a young man's life at a quick age. And the sad part is we see it on TV shows and movies where it's almost encouraged and praised or normalized that that's how it should be, that even dads have still have pornography and think when their boys you know, find it or they get involved in it, that's just being normal. The, the whole boys will be boys and girls will be girls type of concept. And then I hear, you know, adults saying, well, no, kids don't know anything about sex or concerned about looking at women, you know, in a sexual way until older. And I, and I have to say that's a bunch of crap because I knew before age 10, there was an interest towards the opposite sex. And that was before puberty. And if you're getting influenced by men and women who don't see any form of morality or moral thinking, they have to worry about whether, you know, how to treat each other can influence your kid's perspective and how they treat the opposite sex. There are kids at age 10 who are having sex. It's not until 13 and 14 that they suddenly have this interest because puberty kicks in. It can be younger. It's only because how the other peers are taught, you know, some boys at age nine, eight years old have a brother who's older who who's thinking like this and he sees this and he sees how he treats his girls. And I say plural because a lot of times guys that have a um, worldly desire for women chase after women on a daily basis. They try to sleep as many women as they could possibly get. Same with girls with the same problems. So now we hit this puberty line and now there's confusion going on. And the sexual battlefield is is even more pressurized onto you and a constant heavy yet strong force that you are being what the Bible calls being tempted on a daily basis. Because not only are you being influenced, but now your puberty uh, is kicking in and to the point where desire looking for a life mate starts kicking in really hard and fast. And because you're younger, you have one, you're inexperienced. And two, you know, you have a lot of pretty girls that you kind of notice. I mean, we just watched an episode yesterday where the boy, we're not sure what grade they are. They're between four like first, second, third, fourth grade. And he wrote this big letter, like an email letter about how much he loves this girl who is only like eight, nine years old. And this is a show that's not even that old. And it's like an encouragement of that. So you can't tell me that there is no interest into the opposite sex going on at a younger age. It's there. It's engraved in man and women to be that way. 
So now we go and we look at this from a perspective of even growing up. You know, I was I was brought up in a good, strong Christian family. I had parents that guarded us. And the thing is that reach only reached as far as home life. So that meant, you know, church in some ways, at home, and anytime I was around my parents. But if you've ever been around younger people, you know that younger people act differently when parents are not around. And my parents put me in a Christian school by fifth grade. And you would think in a Christian school that I would not have this much of an issue of people pushing sexual things involved. I can tell you this, my two both major stories about pornography being offered to me wasn't from anybody else but Christian guys in a Christian school. I will not say their names, but I remember being really excited that I got invited to one of the guys who was a grade higher than me's birthday party. And it was just really cool. You know, I was like, oh, I'm finally being kind of accepted. And I get there. And, you know, I, I, you know, we heard that, you know, it's just a party. But then suddenly they're talking about we're going to watch a movie. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, what's the movie about? And I remember them sharing what the movie was about. And basically it was a porn movie of some type. And I said, I'm not interested. Oh, come on, come on, come on. No, you know, like, come on, you should do this. And I said, no, I'm not interested in that. I respect girls and I'm not going to do that. So as the rest of the guys, and this is all guys, went inside, I stayed outside. And I remember the one guy coming out and he says, you sure you don't want to come watch? And I said, no, we should not be looking at women that way. And I'm hoping that, you know, that that moment really showed him something. I don't know. But I do hope so. And then a few years later, you know, there was a girl I really liked in that school and she was dating the one guy that I got invited to, to his house. And he got on his computer and he's like, guys, guys, I have something I have to show you. And I was like, it's, it's so cool. And I was like, okay. So he started you know, doing all this stuff and suddenly this image started showing up of a girl being naked. I walked right out. I just, right in that moment, I turned around and walked right out. And you're probably thinking, how in the world can you do something? How can you just be willing to be able to just walk away from a situation like that? I mean, it's it's instinct. Well, remember, there is more to this story, which we're going to talk about halfway, you know, the second half of this section. But God doesn't want us to be doing that. That's That's not normal. Because you got to remember, there's more to the story about how to deal with their issues like we all know and I want you to understand the verses that came to my mind in both of those situations are found you know what we're like in Matthew okay it says uh, Matthew 5 says in verse 27 you have heard that it was said do not commit adultery but I tell you everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart continues to say if you if your right eye causes you to sin gouge it out throw it away for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell and if your right hand i right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away for it's better that you lose one part one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell 
Now, why would he even throw that out there if it wasn't something super important to get us to understand? Because the verse that always stuck to me is verse 28. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in, her, in his heart. Because you got to understand, when you're looking at porn stuff, how do you know they're not married to someone else? So now you're lusting after someone else's wife. It doesn't mean that she is not wrong in the sense that she's presenting herself that way. And vice versa for you ladies that might be listening. You see, that's how... like you, you, Pornography is not a new thing. In the old times, you know, it was... You physically went somewhere to look at women that way. And that was all you had. But today, because of wonderful internet, you could just look it up online. Pictures that can be taken and, and sent to you. Your, your sons and your daughters are seeing things at school. And even if it is a Christian school, it does not mean that nothing happens. It does not mean that your kids are 100% safe. Because it is just like real life. You may be able to stay home and hide in your home and all that, but you're still going to have influence in your life about situations and struggles. But we're not excused. And that's the key thing about all this for this half section, is we're not excused by the choices that we have made. Because even though we have influences and things are going around us, and, and it's, it's not something we could hold as the reason why I did all that, because it's still your personal growth for Christ, and it's still your choice to be tempted. I want you guys to think about that as we take a quick break, and I'll see you right after. Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second half of our episode. And we know we, we left you with a thinking process that you have to understand that our choice, it is our choice to make these choices. We can't use, well, it's it got in my mind. We can't use, well, my my best friend, you know, showed me the porn. We can't we can't use, well, I was in a situation with a girl and I couldn't help myself. No, these are all choices that you have placed yourself into as well because like I, sh I gave you my examples for both of the times I said no and one time I just walked right out of that room I went straight outside of the second story went straight outside and just started shooting the basketball and they tried to get me to come back in you know I didn't finish the rest of the story but they tried to get me to come in there all oh, you need you should look at well my best friend he actually decided to to stay out and actually played basketball with me because I made a choice and he saw that I do know about him that he's become a strong Christian guy and you know he's married and I'm excited for him but that's the thing is it makes me go back to so this is what I'm talking about by by choices you know we don't recognize this concept because we think we, we want to be victimized for why we fallen into temptations why we've sinned because it has to be someone else's fault it can't be mine 
You know, I, I, I was hurt. I was mistreated. I was abused. I was, I was touched. And we use all that to excuse why we do what we do for sins. I'm not excusing what happened to you. And I understand that those things happened to you. But you can't allow those to dictate the choices that you have created because of what happened to you. No, I think about King David and the, the story that we all know about King David and Bathsheba. Second Samuel 11. And we go through that story over and over again. It's used all the time. And we talk about the struggle of what he did, the sins that he had caused and what he was doing. And I'm sure you've probably heard the story. You know, there was a battle going on and the king should have been out in the battlefield, not at home. You know, I get all of that, but it still was David's choice to pursue. Because when you read, he goes up above on top of his kingdom and he looks over and he notices this naked woman taking a bath who is beautiful, gorgeous. You know, everything he could think of in his desire, remember the expectations of what he wants. And so he finds out who she is. Now, you guys understand, he finds out who she is and still invites her to come. So the process is temptation, which was seen her over there. He looked at her, probably looked at her longer than he should have. As soon as he recognized, you know, that she was naked and she was bathing. He should have gone right back downstairs and walked away. But instead, it sounds like he stood there for a while. And then he asked one of the servants, hey, can you find out who that is? And they went straight over there. They come back. They explain. He invites her over right off the bat. The, 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 as soon as he found out she was married, he should have been like, yeah, no. That was the second mistake. First one was staying a little bit too long. Because... You and I know when we gaze at a woman too long, what starts happening in our mind and our heart. We start thinking about it further. Now, you can't lie to me and tell me that you can't do it. That's why it's very important for the concept of understanding to walk away or to turn away as sin represents. It's to turn when you repent, you're turning away from 180 degrees away from it. Some people do 90, some people do 45, some people just kind of move a little bit, but they still allow themselves to be in the sinful issue. And I know a lot of guys who struggle with pornography issues. But there is key things, and we've talked about it, you know, in the armor of God about the sword of the spirit. There's techniques of the sword that can help you stay away. Self-control is one of those things. You see, I think there's a battle that goes on in our heart and our minds where we see something we want, even if it's not sexual stuff, you know, like it was something we really want, but we shouldn't be doing, but we do it anyway. We have chosen to do something that we shouldn't have been doing. Then we sit there and we go, oh man, you know, I feel bad. I shouldn't have done that. And it's like, yes, you should have not done that. You know, because in 1 Thessalonians 4, it states in verse 3 through 8, it says, For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep 
away from sexual immorality. So keep away is turning away 180 degrees from the situation that you've been putting yourself into or chasing after or allowing the temptation to get there. You know, there has been plenty of people who describe sin as creating a habit, which is interesting because in James, when we talk about it, there is a similar concept. But you got to understand in verse four, it says that each of you knows how to control his own body, control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions. And of course, you know, like the Gentiles who don't know God, the key three things in this, how to control his own body, seeking out holiness and honor, not filling themselves with lustful passions, and then no God. Like that, right? That verse, if anything memorizes that verse. In fact, I would do verse three and four, memorize those. In verse five, all, all that together, because that helps you understand something about what you need to do in your battle with sexual sin. Because if you are seeking one, you're trying to have self-control. Self-control is you see that, that you have that interest on the Internet. You want to click in girl naked girls. You want to do whatever it is that you do to be able to see. You are choosing all of that. That's your hands aren't typing while you're thinking something else. You you need to maybe just walk away from the computer, turn it off, and just walk away. Go do something else. Put your phone down, turn it off, put it down, read a book, go for a walk, take a car ride. If you're you know you're married, you go to your wife and you just hold her hand, sit with her, and you you love on her, and not talking about like. I mean, just love on her, like being there for her. You allow and you, you even say you don't even leave the door closed in your computer room. You put the computer where it's public. There's, there's so many things that you can do to help yourself do it. If you are a single guy and you're alone, get out of the house. Go for a walk. Well, it's 11 o'clock at night. Get out of the house. Go for a walk. It's two o'clock in the morning. Get out of the house. Go for a walk. I live in a bad part of the city. Get in your car. I don't have a car. Then you go to another room close the door, no computers, no TV, no phone, and you pray. Technically, you should be praying for all of this, like even in this moment, Lord, help me to defeat this. See, the thing is, it's still all choices that you have to make to choose not to do something. Verse 6 says, This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of our brother and sister in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. This is, this is like, been warned to the Thessalonians. It's not new. Something that's been warned. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Here's that word again, holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit in us. So nobody's forcing your hands to look up all this stuff. Nobody's forcing you to click on the TV to watch Game of Thrones. No one is forcing you to be involved. You have to make these choices. And you need to find ways to be able to snap you out of the situation because it, like I have said before, 
when you're all alone and there's nobody keeping you accountable is the easiest time to fall. And if you know this and you're battling, then try not to be alone. And I don't mean like you have to have someone stay with you 100%, but you know, if you're struggling, go out somewhere. Go get coffee. Don't don't use your phone. Get a book. Find something to do. Get a hobby that has nothing to do with anything that can get you to be tempted and get involved with that. Spend time in God's word in the process. Listen to Bible. You mean, guys, you can just easily get on a Bible app or, you know, online, put a headset on and just listen to scripture. There is nothing wrong in doing all that. But the thing is, all of us know in those moments that we know we want that desire of that flesh. And yes, it is hard in the beginning, especially if you struggled for it for a very long time. The addiction part of wanting that is the hardest part of this whole thing. But as you chase after holiness and honoring God, knowing God, spending time with God, it gets easier and easier to resist the temptation. Because resistance is like we've been talking about with the armor of God. You strengthen that faith armor. You strengthen the helmet armor. You strengthen the breastplate armor. You strengthen all parts of that armor. So that way, when you are going into that battlefield every day, everywhere you go, is strengthened. It does not mean that you and I will not fall apart. It does not mean we will not make mistakes. It does not mean that we won't be tempted. It does not mean that we won't fall into temptation. It does not mean that we will make that choice to say, forget it, I want to watch this stuff. And then when you do, repent, get back on your feet, chase after God. And over time, you will see the Holy Spirit strengthen you, get stronger and stronger to the point where that temptation may not have control of you anymore. We can battle this battle and we don't have to do it alone. That's the key thing. Everybody thinks they have to battle these battles alone. It's my cross to bear is usually what I hear from people. But as we go into James 1, verse 13, starting there, no one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. God does not tempt us with sin. Since God is not tempted by evil, he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin. And when is when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. And we can go on for like verse 16 and stuff because we it helps us understand that God has good things for us. So the evil things that we choose to do in our choices and the sins that we bear to go do is because we are enticed by our own evil desires. This is why Paul mentions flesh versus the spirits. Why I mention it all the time. It is super important to understand the vitalness of importance that we are in a constant battlefield for our hearts and our mind. And if we're not careful, we will birth sin and it will be there. Because you understand the imagery of that to conceive it, and to birth it. 
Conceiving is the moment that you embraced doing it. Birthing it is now you have something there. I want you to think about that thought. When you have a child, that child doesn't just disappear once it's birthed, right? You have to take care of it. You maintain it. You watch over it. You feed it. Is there something in your life? Okay, is there something in your life, in my life, in the choices that we make that allow this birth of the sexual sin problems in our life to con be controlled by our desire that we just keep feeding it? Because we know today you can't just shut off the internet and not do anything and deal with it because your job may need it. You may need it for other things that you do. You know, pastors, one of the top things that pastors struggle with is dealing with sexual sin issues, whether it's a mental imagery issue or it's an actual physical one. Committing adultery is a common thing that does happen when our guard is put down because you guys got to understand when we're stressed out and we're tired, we know that we know what it feels like when we get to that point, man, when we are tired, exhausted, stressed out and everything. And we have, you know, a wife nagging at us and the kids coming up, like all we want to do is just have a break. And I get that. That's why you got to make sure you got to help your health, your issues. And you got to make sure that you do make time for yourself to be taken care of. But this is why it's very important to find Christian men that love God, that want to see you grow, that want to be there for you in prayer and loving prayer and respecting you as a man and building you up as a man. You know, if you read most of the disciples, they weren't facing this world alone. They had that brotherhood, that, that manhood around of other men that kept them accountable, kept them walking in truth. Paul wasn't alone. Sometimes we think he was, but he wasn't alone. He had other guys that were reaching out to him and, and sending him letters. And he, he, he loved getting letters from the church because that kept his hope up. Even though he was in prison in Rome... He, he, he still continued to do his ministry. You see, we are given a chance to run away from any sin issue that we have in our life. I do think that sexual sin is probably the hardest one out of all the ones that we're going to talk about. Because I think it's an everyday, daily thing battle that men go through. Even if you're a good Christian guy, you still battle with it. It's there. Some of us might have been brought up in a way that it's easier for us to have self-control over it. Or even if we do fall, we repent pretty quick because we understand what can possibly come from it. And we start thinking that way. And I'm not excusing you guys that have a bigger struggle, I pray that you guys will find a way to defeat that temptation out of your life. Now, I'm, what I want you to understand is he doesn't mean pluck out your eyeballs and cut your hands off when you do stuff for reals, okay? What he's trying to get you to understand is that it's not worth pursuing after such things. 
it would be better for you to not have those pieces of your body than to lose your whole body, your whole soul, to hell. And now he's talking about those that don't know Jesus, that's basically where you're going. He wants you, he makes this image so strong because he wants you to understand that the consequence of just this is hell itself. That's the consequence that we would gain if we didn't know that Jesus saved us. But if any of us know for sure, we know how this affects not only us, it affects those that we love. It affects the girls that we meet if we're dating. It, like, if you, you've, you've been with a girl much deeper than you should have, you know how that affects the next dating relationship. Emotionally, mentally, and physically. And we can talk about all the other things that possibly abuse, whatever. All that could be it, but down, down grit to the bottom of this information of conversation... The, the, the most deep point that we can think of right now is we need to stop allowing these temptations in. And the thing is, even when you do, like if, you're, if you've been struggling for so long and, you, and you've realized that you've repented, you know there's going to be times you might fall back. You might, might get tempted and it's just fault because you're strengthening up what you did not have before and that takes time. You know, in sports, anything, anything that like to master something, you know, it takes time, effort, and hours of work and training and practice to get to that point. You know, I, I from what I can remember, I believe Michael Jordan every day spent time shooting a thousand shots every day to master his shot. It's the same concept. The more time you spend learning more about God and understanding the scriptures and understanding sin and understanding how that controls you and gathering enough understanding of self-control, it will get easier and easier and easier. You know that in the beginning of any situation, when you start playing a sport or a hobby, you mess up a lot. You know, modeling in the beginning, I'm sorry, but you were no Michelangelo and you weren't painting that so perfectly or putting on pieces correctly glue or the stickers or whatever you know you remember how it was when we were little kids and trying to put all the stickers on those toys it was never straight who did we go to dad or mom now who where where or who should we be going to when we're struggling in our sin to god the holy spirit you see it's that point when we stop to admit that we're truly struggling. That's the moment that repentance can come in. That is the moment that you can start defeating this battlefield. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you use this to help men to turn to you, to run to you, to jump into your arms and say, Lord, help me get through this battlefield. And you will do it ask this will help men to be strengthened and if you just started listening go back and listen to the armor of god's part which is not too long ago there's a bunch of a bunch of parts it should be seven they can help you get in and help you also help you with this next series to kind of have a better understanding of where i'm coming from lord i ask that anybody who's new that you would just help them to change their life in this moment if they don't know you as their savior that they will accept you 
in this moment. If they are a walking Christian who realizes they have been allowing this temptation to be a sin in their life, birthing it into their life, let them repent. We thank you for all that you've done, and we know that men are in a constant battlefield. And now today could be a day for many men to turn from falling into those traps and allowing themselves to be a true warrior of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope you have a blessed week. I hope you, uh, this, I mean, this is a little bit deeper, and I hope that, you know, if you have questions or thoughts, you know, you could join the Facebook page. And then we do have a group. And then we also have a Discord, which will be a lot easier. Third-party conversation capability. You know, join the app. It's really neat. If you want the information, you got to join the group. <clears throat> First get on the page. And then you can find access to the group. Get in there. And then we can get you all connected. If you need help, there. some of us have, you know, I've been at it for a long time. Some other members have, you know, been in Discord for a long, long time. Other people, you know, they're learning, but there's there's guys there. We've gotten a few more, and it's really neat. And I just pray that this will be an open door for you guys. You guys have a blessed one. I'll see you next time.